Hi, it's Sarah Kaplan. This limited series podcast is from GATE Audio. GATE stands for the Institute for Gender and the Economy at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management, and I'm GATE's director. Our goal is to engage current and future leaders in rich conversations around inequities in our society and how we might address them. In this podcast series, one of GATE's MBA fellows, Nargis Premji, explores the different ways that people cover and uncover their identities at work. Through research, interviews, first-hand accounts, and rich storytelling, Nargis ventures into the world of covering, why it happens, and what employers can do to make workplaces more inclusive. You'll be moved and inspired by her deeply personal take on the issues, as was I. So up next, listen to what Nargis has to say. Welcome to Covering in the Workplace, a podcast from the Institute of Gender and the Economy, or GATE. I'm Nargis Premji. In each episode, I will be interviewing one individual on how they have covered in the workplace, or perhaps never felt the need to do so. Today, I will be speaking with Amir Saeed. He is currently an MBA candidate at the Rotman School of Management. Amir was born and raised in the Middle East, and he spent the summer working at CIBC's Enterprise Procurement Division. His story of covering in the workplace is about his religion. Amir, thank you for joining us today. Let's start by learning a bit about how you cover in the workplace. Yeah, so um, when I got that call from you, um, and, and I, I felt this even before, uh, the whole aspect of covering, um, it started off before, uh, so I did my undergrad in the U.S., I was in Chicago for some time, I, I worked there for a couple of years, and moved back to Middle East where I was born and raised, um, and this goes back to covering in the, in the sense of religious uh, practices. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, when I moved to the U.S. and, and I was a very active member of the uh, religious organization in which I was, uh, you know, at the school, um, it was an open atmosphere. I used to pray, and, and I never felt the need to cover as such. Um, and that practice, uh, you know, continued on even in the workplace. So I, I did an internship once in Chicago. It's a very, um, you know, hip kind of a place where mm-hmm. industrial designers were working, and they hired me for a four-month term. Um, and then I had to go for prayers. Muslims generally pray in the afternoon um, twice. Um, so I, I, had, I, I told them that this is something which I need to do. If there's a space you can uh, point me to. And then they were really nice about it. So that was my first professional uh, mm-hmm. you know, setting where I requested someone that I needed. And, uh, and I think that that response itself had a lot to do with how I carried myself forward. I said, okay, this is really easy. Just talk to the people you are you know, uh, working with and tell them this is a need. And and it'll be a you know a good five or ten minute break. Uh, I think uh, more often than not, it felt within the lunch break, so it wasn't even an extra time request on my part, um, except Fridays, which uh, for which I need a longer break. And so yeah, going back to the, f- there was never a, a feeling as such that I'm covering. I, I was always very clear and explicit in what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then second thing, which uh, which added on to this supposed confidence was I went back to Saudi Arabia and, and I worked there for seven years and uh, the, the society over there is is, is predominantly Muslim and, and it was never in covering. It was, it was just uh, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I came back to Canada, which is again a, a, you know, a different society. Um, and and that, that practice continued. Uh, I remember my second day at Rotman, in fact, I went to the PSO and I told them, uh, this is my name. I'm a Muslim. I need a place to pray, and I, I can't go to the multi-faith center or a hard house where they have these prayers. If there's a facility, and uh, and this, this, there was this very kind gentleman over there who told me that there's a room 308 for it's dedicated for everyone to pray. Um, and incidentally, the next day we had an orientation session where there was a big uh, talk about how there was this one student who came up and requested uh, we need a place, mm-hmm. and, and he went through some. Uh, 
explanation and and you know uh, and he, he had to go through this rationale of why he can't go so i was very happy that even rotman adjusted uh, so well to that and then more recently at at cibc um um here i would say that i i felt a little hesitant because it was a very formal setting and, and my previous experiences was mostly in construction real estate facilities and mm. people were like you know not very formal and client facing yeah. um here everyone was super formal and and dressed mm. up and, and there was this atmosphere of being you know presentable uh which which usually doesn't affect with my prayers i i just have to use a washroom and and uh, do a small ritual where we clean mm. ourselves up and then pray um so the first couple of days i i was was finding places on my own and and then i found out that cibc actually has a rejuvenation space um, mm-hmm. which is just excellent it was it was meant for yeah. things like that so again uh, yeah. this was uh, um a confirmation of my own understanding that okay workplaces are more accommodating it's just a matter of asking them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but um since we last spoke uh, narjis there were a few instances where i became more um cognizant of the f- of this fact that am i covering or uncovering mm-hmm. and that's where it became a little uh, okay i'm not exactly always uh, not covering there are some instances where i am uh, for instance uh, as a muslim we we don't consume alcohol or or eat uh, pork mm-hmm. uh, eat food which has to be halal mm-hmm. so it's sometimes difficult to explain people in yeah. in a in a setting where uh, there's alcohol and and you're given out stubs and and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like oh that's fine i don't actually uh, so that becomes more than information it becomes a session where you actually educate people about your belief system and and in my experience by and large everyone has been really receptive of that mm-hmm. uh, it is still nonetheless something you have to go above and beyond yeah. um because it's not it's not common knowledge right now Um, right yeah yeah i mean okay so yeah so it seems like you've had to educate a lot of people here yeah yeah okay yeah all right um so i like that you spoke about like transitions and how you went from chicago to the middle east to canada can you talk a little bit more about what it means to be muslim in north america in the workplace and versus compared to muslim in the middle east and how the workplaces are different Yeah so Muslims in North America versus Middle East and the differences within Yeah so in the workplace specifically in the workplace for okay. you yeah um, yeah how um, how has it been the difference um sure so first of all workplace or not being a muslim in middle east is that's ground zero so it's just like being a catholic in you know uh, vatican yeah. um so that's uh, <laughs> there's not much explaining to do uh, within north america you have the us and you have canada mm-hmm. um I would say by and large they're they're very similar and and their cultures with of course uh, some differences um and and I think uh it's 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 really accommodating um because it's a predominantly uh immigrant population everyone is an immigrant regardless mm-hmm. of you go back 20 years 30 years 200 mm-hmm. years 300 years so mm-hmm. everyone has a story they they have an understanding and acceptance yeah. um I've never been to Europe but I have friends over there uh where it is sometimes difficult to uh, to explain the rationale behind uh, the need for these things or, mm-hmm. or specific customs or rituals um, mm-hmm. but then that's a that's an assumption on my part i'm not sure uh, maybe they are more liberal in some sense yeah. but yeah north america has has been uh, and then you have second third generation muslims who are who are you know creating more awareness in the society at least in the bigger metropolitan cities mm-hmm. uh, if not in second or third tier cities right, right. so i've never been to rural illinois or mm. i have a, in fact so uh, interesting you brought it up i was recently in belleville 
in Ontario. Mm-hmm. It's a two-hour drive uh, east of uh, Toronto. Okay. I was there with my venture partner. Uh, not a partner. I'm not. A, I'm just helping him as a serial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as a serial student, I'm helping this venture, and and yeah. they, he had a conference in Belleville. Uh, he was invited to speak about his uh, idea. Okay. Um, so the firefighting uh, society, uh, all of the Ontario firefighting organization members were there. Um, really kind people, you know, the typical Canadian niceness and all of that. Uh, it was time for lunch and uh, and I was really hungry because there was nothing around. It's uh, uh, it's not like uh, GTA where you have a lot of places to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, there was pulled pork mm-hmm. and uh, and a little bit of fries and coleslaw. Um, and we were, I was terribly hungry, so uh, yeah. it's difficult to explain in that setting, right? Because uh, pork or bacon or some of these things are considered delicacies over here. Right. And, uh, you know, those are off limit to me as, mm-hmm. as a person of, uh, you know, certain religious belief. Mm-hmm. So... Other than that, I think the metropolitan cities have been very, very accommodating. Halal restaurants everywhere, um, mosques which are really close by if you mm-hmm. want to attend uh, the Friday prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's okay. nice. So, can you talk about a few, say, professional or personal challenges that you have faced as a result of being vocal about your religious identity? Um, I wouldn't call it a challenge. I, I so it's the minority thing. Um, you are automatically put up on a pedestal mm-hmm. if you are different, and it's it's not religion. It's it's any kind of a minority, mm-hmm. uh, which is you're trying to explain their belief system. Um, the, the, the so when you are someone who's explaining their belief system or, or specific rituals or customs, um, yeah. there's this thing going on in your circuitry within, and and I don't know if it's psychological or. Uh, um, it's the things you observe naturally that your audience may be uh, apprehensive or mm-hmm. uh, in some instances also hostile which is almost always never the case yeah. but you're still prepared for that <laughs> worst right. case uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh but why don't you do this why don't you uh, eat uh, this or why don't you drink that or you know you can delay your prayers and, and some certain times and and as someone who's explaining something, you you have to be prepared for that eventuality. Right. Um, so that's a challenge which I have inherently within me. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to address that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, uh, you know, working in other places and, and dealing with more people, mm-hmm. there is a possibility that someone may come up and ask you. Uh, and, and even worse, uh, someone who's of influence, mm-hmm. someone who's higher up. Uh, there's a power distance where mm-hmm. that explanation even becomes... Uh, more of a confrontation rather than uh, an education and awareness. So um, that's a challenge I feel internally, like how do I actually uh, toe that line? Yeah, no, I think it's it's a very common challenge and I don't think it's just internal for you and I think it's a very common thing that everybody feels. Yeah. So it's, I, I would say that now, like leaning towards the next question, it's, it's more about, I want to actually understand what do you think the an organization? Uh, what role does an organization play in people in keeping people covered, or you know encourage uncovering? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, so. We were talking about HR before this, yeah. uh, this uh, you know session. Um, I think there's just so many things you can do. So many small things which can have enormous amounts of benefit for mm-hmm. for everyone. Uh, whether it's religion, whether there's sexual orientation, whether it's in political beliefs. I think yeah, politics should be off the table anyway. It's a workplace. <laughs> you don't want to be violent. But um, all of the other things, uh, HR can facilitate a discussion. HR can start um, 
So I, I think when I spoke to you before, I told you that where I work, there's mm-hmm. this person, mm-hmm. and it's still an anonymous person who mm-hmm. has an allergy to um, seafood, mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, there are two uh, you know two floors which have uh, cafeteria areas. You can have lunch or, or whatever snacks, and they have posted over there uh, seafood strictly prohibited, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we don't know who that is. Um, so that's something which HR uh, took ownership of mm-hmm. and said that we're going to put it over here. Don't worry, whoever that person is, and we'll enforce it. Um, mm-hmm. So those kind of things also uh, um, give hope to people who who have something uh, similar to ask of HR. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that um, you 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 put a blanket restriction on. Okay, you know what? I, I'm I'm someone who doesn't drink alcohol or consume. Uh, pork or, or meat even for that matter for vegetarians I, I prefer if you put a policy in there where you ask people not to that's not viable that's not because everyone has some or the other uh, you know restrictions or mm-hmm. uh, preferences mm-hmm. um, where HR can come in however is uh, is just make that process easy right. the process of putting your request or putting your um, belief system out there mm-hmm. um, if, if it's if it's known within HR that uh, three people uh, need to have uh, 30 minutes off on Friday at a certain mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. then you, so as a person who's going in there, the the expectation is that you don't want to be the first one who are telling them this. Right. Especially in a, in a, in a country, in an organization where you have quite a mm-hmm. few uh, minorities who have that right. belief system. So, so beyond HR, like, what about um, you know your teammates or your your managers? What what role do you think they play in in you know encouraging, uncovering, or or keeping people covered? Um, an easy uh, example would be uh, Amir going to work, and he has colleagues who are uh, who are who have different belief systems, who have who have different uh, preferences, and telling them, "Oh, hi, my name is this. I'm from here." Uh, and I'm a Muslim and mm. I observe these practices. Uh, I think some of them may require me to go off. So that starting off with that and, right. and turn that uh, confrontation into more of a conversation. Right. So eventually, oh, Amir, um, this is happening. Are you, are you sure you can make it on, on Friday at this time? So it's not mm-hmm. like, why can't you? They already know right. beforehand, oh, Amri usually goes for prayers on Fridays and he can't make it, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or, or eating halal or things like that. So yeah. when the team is going out for lunch, they make sure that, uh, mm-hmm. even for vegetarians, so, yeah. so make sure that they don't order one pizza which has pepperoni in it, and then the poor guy is end up leaving, yeah. <laughs> eating the crust. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, those are the small things which can, uh, can make you feel inclusive uh, nice. within that team. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there anything I did not ask that you think is important to know about, you know, covering in the workplace in general? I, so I think one of the uh, aspects of this, I've been working for eight years and, and the temporal aspect of it is important. Like, where is it going directionally? Is it becoming easier for people to mm. cover or uncover or vice versa? Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, uh, and I've come back to North America after seven years, so I, I'm not particularly sure what happened in the middle, but from 2009 and 10, mm-hmm. within Chicago, which is a lot of similarities with Toronto as a city, mm-hmm. um, it has gotten much better for people of, uh, you know, for, for people of the Islamic faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure it's easier for people uh, who are Hindus, who, who prefer vegetarian meals, or for um, others who have, who have different belief systems. It's, mm-hmm. it's becoming more and more, uh, you know, um, accommodating for their belief system. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Yeah. Um, but then 
going back to the whole HR and productivity, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the whole covering thing, it just puts so much undue pressure on someone mm-hmm. which they don't need to. Yeah. I mean, imagine if someone has to go for, uh, so you're sitting in a meeting, uh, just going on for some time and everyone is like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. Then you have to go for prayer or you have to go for anything which, you, you know, you have your own yeah. belief system. And and then that that's something which is unique to that person. So if you haven't experienced that, it's hard to explain it to anyone else. Uh, so that's a loss in productivity as well. You're completely stressed out, mm-hmm. uh, and you you won't be focused in that meeting. Your Absolutely. output will be affected. Yeah. And imagine that happening over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and a simple fix to that is just you know let them know. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your story and you know being open about your experiences. So thank you. Yeah, happy to help and, and good luck uh, this thing. Hope uh, it makes things better for others. I hope so. This podcast is brought to you by the Institute for Gender and the Economy at the University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management. To listen to our other limited series podcasts, check out the Gate Audio channel on Apple Podcasts or the Gate Audio playlist on Spotify. For additional myth-busting research and game-changing guidance, please visit gendereconomy.org. And thanks for listening.